0: Worst Christmas sales figures since the GFC. Let's have a look. Hello, everyone. Florian Heiser here, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I hope you're all having a great Christmas Eve, and you're, you know, you've still got that one day left to do your shopping, guys. Trust me, it's all good. Got my stein of coffee, and I thought we would look at this article from ABC about the Christmas period set to be the worst. Retailers since the global financial crisis and primarily blamed on the fires. So, there's also a whole lot of issues. I wanted to watch this data to see what was happening with the retail sales figures because it's about 10% of the workforce here in our nation, and that is going to, I think, have an effect on unemployment figures coming up. And just it's a sign of the confidence of the consumer, you can see here, which has been trending down. Now, I did the Christmas shopping. Uh, for the kids last night I did a you know the last few presents for Frederick and some of the I had to get stuff for the girls too and I went to the local local you know Kmart and I noticed there weren't that many people there it was very easy to get a car park it's usually much busier on a weekend when we go shopping there some of you have said in the comments who are working odds oh, it's, it's still flat-out it's good let me know if, if you've gone shopping or if you're gonna go shopping tonight what your experiences are, if there are a lot of people in there. So we can get kind of an anecdotal vibe from the viewers. Here's a tip, guys. Uh, this morning, the kids all rambled into the room, and we, they know that uh, Santa isn't real. They know that the presents come from Mummy and Daddy. So they're you know, going, oh, where are the presents? Where are the presents? And Rachel thought of a really good idea this time, That is probably a great way if you want to buy some sleep. We lock them all up in a suitcase with a numerical lock. And I said, Mina, if you can manage to hack the suitcase, I'll let you open one present early. So, boom, they vanished and we got to sleep in a little bit more, which was fantastic. Of course, she realized after a while, it's good because she had to practice her number writing. And she realized after a while, those three numbers can add up to a lot of different options and kind of gave up (laughs) on it. But it's an educational thing and parents get to sleep in. So there is my life hack for Christmas, guys, because I'm sure all of you who have kids, young kids especially, will get interrupted tomorrow morning. (laughs) So let's have a look at this article. Australian retailers are facing their worst Christmas shopping season since the global financial crisis more than a decade ago as fires burn across the country. Do you think fires are only the reason? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are, that people are keeping away. But could this just be a trend? Could it be the fact that wage growth It's just stagnated. People are, and people are concerned. Business confidence—if you own a business, you know business conditions, business confidence—they're all down. So the bushfire crisis has come on top of already weak consumer spending, as people save rather than spend. Their tax and interest rate cuts. Well, yeah, that's because people are worried. And well, I was talking to a client yesterday. And he was sharing how he was just cleaning out all the house, getting rid of all the crap, and, and going more minimalist. And I mentioned, it's funny, as an architect, you'll design these houses and people want more storage space, storage space. And they spent thousands of dollars per square meter building this place, the storage space, to store like a 50-buck IKEA Christmas tree or some other plastic rubbish they bought. It, it just, it's, when you think of it like that, it just seems ludicrous. Russell Zimmerman, head of the Australian Retailers Association, said he expected to see the weakest Christmas spending in 11 years. Talking to retailers, it's been a much softer lead into Christmas than we've seen in past years, he said. You think, guys, you think that could have something to do with the Black, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales? Maybe people got their presents or shopped earlier. We know when there's a lot of smoke haze around, consumers tend to bunker down and stay at home. And they're not outspending money. Well, yeah, that, that's another, another issue as well. You don't want to leave the house and get involved in all the smoke, particularly in Sydney. But I think it's also fair to say that retailer sales were affected by Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales that happened earlier in the month. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I thought too. That's when we made our big purchases. The association predicted Christmas sales of $52.7 billion, but Mr. Zimmerman said it was going to be harder or hard to meet that forecast. I don't know that we'll make the $52 billion. Last year, Last year's was about $51.4 billion, he said. I think we'll achieve last year's, but I don't think we'll achieve the 2.6% growth. Or if we do, only just. Mr. Zimmerman said, sorry, is still hopeful of a small rise in post-Christmas sales from last year's 18.3 billion to 18.7 billion over Boxing Day to the middle of January, a lot of it will depend upon what the weather is like and how much the smoke and fire inhibit it," he said. The Commonwealth Bank's housing survey intentions, sorry, housing spender intentions survey, found that spending on experiences had trended higher, but spending on goods track sideways. So this is interesting. This is exactly what Rachel just said upstairs when I was talking to her about this this video. She says are more people spending on experiences rather than on crap. Rather than on plastic stuff that you throw away. Well I mean, what's Rachel? She's bought for her brother and her grandfather. I this is or her father or stepdad. I was sent out to buy what was it? Booze. Yeah. Little six pack of nice beer, you yeah, know, six pack of uh Lazy bear as Christmas presents because it's not rubbish you want to have holding around. Rachel's brother Andrew is all—he doesn't need it. He doesn't need more crap. He's got it. He's got the whole minimalist lifestyle going on. Some beers will be good, you yeah, know, nice cold beer. And of course, I—I I had to buy my, myself some dark and stormies for the Christmas period. You know, I couldn't go to the podler without it. But even there, they were doing all these discounts, trying to get you to buy more and buy more, which was interesting. So. CBA's chief economist said tax cuts and record low interest rates had failed to boost consumers' appetite. Well, yes, because the interest rates, the cash rate, the the insane fall in the cash rate has spooked us all. Everyone's worried about what's going on with the economy. That's why. There's been plenty of opportunities, he said. We've had a serious rate cut, low mortgage payments, tax rebates flowing through, and of course, rising house prices. And a pretty solid labor market. Okay, we've got rising house prices apparently, but that's only one quartile. The upper end. Everything else. Yeah. The whole wealth effect of house prices. I think people are waking up to it. Are people, here's a question I put to you everyone. Are people as easily nudged and manipulated as they were in the past now that they have access to all this information? Now that we can see wage growth hasn't grown. GDP growth growth is trending down. Foreign investment in property, which pumped up a lot of that. That's just tang. And people are, arrears is increasing on home loans. Maybe people are waking up. Maybe people are getting worried. Let me know what you think. But he said the bushfires had worsened consumer confidence. And that, that does make sense. You don't want to go out shopping and driving through a whole lot of horrific uh, smoke. Although a shopping center may hopefully have better air filters to the AC than you have at home. So we've seen a pretty steady deterioration in consumer sentiments in the middle part of the year. Things like bushfires and smoke haze in Sydney are not going to help, Mr. Blinth said. And a major industry group has called on the federal government, of course, everyone's calling on the federal government, to consider abandoning its plans for a budget surplus to divert funds to rebuild devastated communities. How about we look at maybe some water infrastructure? If government is going to spend, most of those communities won't they be insured? The Australian Industry Group said fire and drought will increase food prices and insurance premiums and further dampen consumer spending. Yes, this is one thing I noticed going shopping for kids toys. They were a lot cheaper than I remember. You know, Because the last few years Rachel has done most of the Christmas shopping. So I went out there and I went Because I'm buying for Fredericks, I'm looking at all the boys' toys. And I'm thinking, wow, I would have loved that. Oh, I would have wanted that. Oh, look, look at this gun. Five dollars, it makes all these noises. Of course, I had to buy some for the girls too, so they could all shoot each other. But uh, nonetheless, it's a lot cheaper for this, you know, plasticky toy stuff than it was back in the 80s when I was a child. At least that's how I remember. So, all the consumer rubbish that we're buying is cheaper. But our insurance is going up, our food prices are going up, our electricity is going up. So the CPI, inflation, isn't going up that high. And remember, they don't count, they don't count house prices as part of you know, inflation or cost of living when it has the biggest impact on people's spending habits, I would argue, for a period of their life to save up for these damn things. Well, Chief Executive Innes Willocks told AM the bushfire emergency... As hurt economic growth and more stimulus will be needed. Maybe we just need to start, you know, having better management. There's, you've got the whole group that are claiming the bushfires are started from, you know, climate change. The world is burning. Bushfires are part of living in a very dry continent. You know, even Aboriginal Australians they had methods for dealing with this. If you have a look at the car- carbon market, we'll, we'll jump over here. We will jump over here to this website the Australian, what is it, um, the carbon market. And you can see here, you can see here a significant amount of the projects are savannah burning. Savannah burning, where they're managing the fire risk, where they're, instead of having it burning during a, well, more growth, more detritus, more carbon into the atmosphere, they're managing it earlier. So this isn't a, this isn't a new innovation or a new technology. This is one of the, the lessons that needs to be learned from a civilization that survived in a very harsh world. And I, I bet you, I bet you, they didn't have a whole bunch of uh, greenies going, go don't burn the bush, don't burn the bush. You know, I, I, just, I just bet you. And if you just look, if you look at the videos I did about you know, a farmer getting pretty much done for a million dollars, for clear doing a fire break on his property here in Queensland, just the rigmarole and the BS from the government, you won't you won't uh, be as hopeful. You won't be calling upon the government to save you know solve all your problems as so many people seem to do in this country. Anyway, back to the article. Um, while it may be in the end it is, it, there isn't much choice here, we need to rebuild communities, so there is going to need to be some sort of significant government response to these activities, he said. Mr. Willock said governments across the country need to develop holistic and coordinated strategies to confront the threat of increasingly severe bushfire seasons. We're running pretty close to the edge, and it's not just going to be an immediate short term, it's going to be longer term too, he said. Even if it rained tomorrow, put out bushfires and ended the drought, it would take three or four years to recover in some centres. The Insurance Council of Australia said since the start of the bushfire season in September, More than $238 million in claims for losses have been lodged by households and business owners in New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia. But those figures are set to rise with more catastrophic blazes expected. So there you go, guys. Retail sales below expectation. You have to remember, since last year, we have had a population growth and that is affecting, it's pretty much keeping our GDP growing. You think this invest- i mean stimulus to invest in these ravaged communities that's just going to be replacing what's existing there that's not going to be you know real real additions to the economy that's going to be resources that could have been spent somewhere else that'll be diverted there and that's a sad part of these type of things That's a false economy if you think that's actual growth real growth. We need to look at some infrastructure or other ideas still guys, what do you think why well, are you surprised with these this news from the you know, retail association, where do you think it'll lead? Anyway, guys, please like, share and subscribe to the channel. If you enjoy our content, want to help us produce more, we have a Patreon where you can make a small monthly donation. We also have affiliate links with Amazon, eBay and Independent Reserve. You'll find those below and it's a great way to support the channel at no cost to you. And finally, we have our own merch, Pocket Squares, handmade here from the Heiser Says blog. Thank you all very much. Have a Merry Christmas and I will talk to you all later. Take care.